And it's like I told Wit after the first two years, you hired me for what's about to come. Because what's about to come is the hard part. That's your boy. That's your judge of character. I don't know if I can follow that one up. Khalil Herbert is everything we dreamed of and more. Pete, nobody's <laughs> looking at your tweets. I love our guys. I love where we're going and what we're doing. We cannot stop fighting the good fight. I'm going to end up in a Columbia prison. I'm yelling into the void, and that's what I like doing. <laughs> Get you somebody not... that loves spruce tips as much as Pete does. Why did I pick Pitt to cover 14 points against NC State? I'm Do we need to get better? You bet. And is that my responsibility? 100%. I want to know what you're drinking, Rob. It is roasty goodness, even though I was What's out. What's the percent on that? 11. Smells like you're drinking like a cleaning solution. We're going to put this old guy in a grave. The end has already been written. We just got to go through the hard part to get there. And I mow the lawn after work before the podcast. Welcome to Too Deep, Hokies Under the Influence. My name is Pete Berthaud, and my co-host is Robbie Dowling. The tournament is upon us, Robbie. We didn't get last year's tournament. It's so great that they are able to get it in this year. Give us a cheers, man. Cheers is twofold. We're in the tournament, so let's just <laughs> cheers to that, obviously. Excited yes. for us, regardless of seed or you know how the ACC tournament went. We're in, and this is where the real fun starts we're all going to be sweating on Friday in, in the game. Also, I will say a cheers to Sister Jean. We thought she wasn't going to go be able to see the Loyola game. But as always, the NCA shits themselves all the time, makes a bad decision, and then has to come back. And now Sister Jean is getting to go see her team. She's 101 years, 101 years old. She's, she's a nun at 101 years old. And if... Uh, I, I always kind of used to rip a little bit on the Yahoo College Sports podcast because they're like so negative. They're cynical, what, yeah. Yes, very cynical. But they, it was one of the best episodes. If you didn't listen to the last episode they did, it was utterly hilarious. They were like ripping on the NCAA about like, you know, Sister Jean like rolling down the highway trying to get into the game, like banging <laughs> on the door. Uh, it, it was. They're, they had a lot of like really funny lines in it. But in any case, I'm happy. We're in the tournament. We got a shot. Everybody's got a shot, and here's our chance. So yeah, I man. think everybody's pumped up for it. Cheers. <clears throat> and those uh, boys from Loyola are going up against Georgia Tech, one of our ACC foes. Uh, the very hot ACC champion, Georgia Tech, yes. Yellow Jackets. <laughs> No, but hats off to them. I mean, they yeah. they they played well. I know they beat up on us a little bit, and but they played. I mean, well. and they got an easier road. Yes. The ACC tournament wasn't exactly the, the ACC normal tournament. ACC tournament that it always is. Not only because Duke was down, but because of the COVID issues. But yeah. hey, they went out there and they beat the teams in front of them. Yeah, they they played pretty well. I mean, that that's a team that could could do a little bit. I don't know how far they're going to go, but they could do a little bit. Yeah, if they do pull off the win against Loyola Chicago, they got to play Illinois, who is one of oh, my picks gonna for get, the final they're four. They're going to demolish that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Illinois is a very good team. Uh, let's get into the news and notes. We finished the season at number 25 in the AP poll. When we went down to UNC, I was a little fearful we were going to fall out of the poll. Not that it really matters, but I did kind of want to finish the regular season ranked because we were ranked – in 15 out of 17 polls this season, which is unheard of for Virginia Tech basketball. 
we did go the whole year two years ago when we had our squad with all the seniors and Justin Robinson. That team was ranked the entire season. But other than that, like it just does not happen. To we're hardly ever ranked for like three weeks in a season, let alone ten plus. No, it's starting to establish Virginia Tech as an actual like basketball program. Like we actually people are looking at us coming into the year thinking this could be a team that could be ranked each and every year. I mean, four years in a row making the tournament, it's it, it it means a lot to this program and it means a lot to Virginia Tech in general. So it's awesome. Yeah, the more times you show up on that line for someone to have to pick for you or pick against you in their bracket, like it's just name recognition to be in the tournament over and over again. And and we did it. We're the a ten seed. We're gonna face Florida and we're gonna get into the game and the matchup a little bit later. But the cool thing was we're the first game of the tournament on Friday afternoon, 12-15 tip in Hinkle Fieldhouse, which I don't know how many people that listen to this program uh, know about Hinkle Fieldhouse, but a lot of people should know it's the gym that you see in Hoosiers at the final scene for the state title. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of iconic in, in, yes. in that. They call that... it the cathedral. It is It is a famous, famous basketball venue. Yeah, it's um, in, in Hoosiers, if you haven't gone back and, and taken a look, uh, it's a little, we're probably outdating ourselves a little bit and <laughs> in, in going there, but. I feel like everyone knows Hoosiers. If you're, if you're a sports fan, I feel like you had to have seen Hoosiers. Well, I would hope so, but yeah. at least you have to see the shorts that are like how high up they are. <laughs> you will at least recognize it that way. And Jim Nance and Bill Rafferty are on the call too, which is the best part of it all. Like if it wasn't the venue or kicking off the tournament, you get Nance on the call, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I was going to say Rafferty doesn't do much for it, but Jim <laughs> Nance is the most as iconic as you can kind of get these yeah. days in, 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 in having somebody call your game. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. <laughs> Jim Nance uh, here. More and the Masters is coming up, so we'll also yeah, get him there. That's probably. that's that's your uh that's your thing, man. You're the golf yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, next thing we got storm Murphy is transferring to the Hokies. Yes. There is a storm coming to Blacksburg. He is a guard from Wofford six foot, nothing, but the guy can fill it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. 17.8 points, points per game, I think is what he averaged 40% from three point. He can spread the ball around. He's, he's a shifty little white boy. Let's just put him that way in terms of how big everybody else is, but he is, He's good. Most people probably just recognize him from his uh, TikTok and his moves when he was coming out of high school. But uh, we're having fun tonight, so that uh, I I kind of like it. And that's a huge an, another guy following his coach over to Virginia Tech, and he's late in his tenure. I mean, he he's basically transferring like very very late. He start I think he started his freshman and sophomore year. And now he's had now in his senior senior year, right? He, he's, he's played come, four years. I, I yeah. looked at his stats earlier. He's played four full seasons. This season was 24 games, but that was the full season. Um, so he's legit like a senior transfer that's taking advantage of the extra year from the COVID rules. And coming to play for the coach that he obviously loves. I'm mean, just more yeah. things that Mike Young is is really doing it in, in recruiting. And then you can kind of tell the guys that have played for him before, like this is people that have played for him in the past want to mm-hmm. follow him. It's pretty, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. And you mentioned him hitting 40% from three this year, but he is a career 
42% shooter, if you want to round up just a little bit there. And he's taken 539 threes in his college career. So it's not a small sample size, and he's over 41%. So uh, it's he's a he's a good shooter. His, his true shooting percentage this year, which is a combination of all your different distances and how you shoot and your free throws and everything. He's 62% true shooting, which if you're a stat nerd like me, that is a very good, very, very good percentage. 85% free throw percentage uh, on his career as well. So he should be uh, helping us out from deep and, and he can, like you said, he can pass the ball around too. 4.3 assists per game. I'm excited to have him on the team. Yep. It's exciting. We got an update from our other shooter, uh, Jalen Cohn, he is going to miss the game on Friday. He's still dealing with that ankle. He has not played much the second half of the year. I mean, let's face it, the team hasn't played that much the second half yes. of the year. But Cohn is still out. It made it sound like there's potential that he could rejoin the team if we play again on Sunday or maybe the next week. But he is out for Friday. Yeah, and it's injury-related, not COVID-related. So mm-hmm. it really depends on his health, uh, which is is key. It's not it's not one of those sit-outs. It just depends on whether he's healthy and ready to go. And if you were concerned about COVID, uh, the Hokies did practice today. The basketball team was out on the court. They passed their second COVID test, and, and they're out there practicing. So we should be good to go. Hopefully there's not the forfeits we saw in the ACC tournament. I'm expecting there will be one or two or something at some point during the tournament. But let's hope once everyone gets to Indy, they kind of bubble the the guys in their hotels and the buses and all that kind of thing. Most people are saying now, and I listened to a few podcasts, probably too many today, that as long as you have five, and this came up a lot with UVA, as long as you have five, most teams are going to play. So okay. if, they, if they have five, they're going to stretch it out. They're... <laughs> If your chances of winning are going to be a lot lower, <laughs> but if you but have you're going to five that, that, that are healthy and ready to go, most teams. So I don't know if there's going to be as many opt-outs as people think, because if, if they have those, then they're going to, it's the tournament. Like you're going to play no matter mm-hmm. what, if those guys get gassed out they're going to keep playing whatever the case may be. So I don't know if there's going to be as many opt-outs as people think there are going to be um, unless there's like high traces of like contract tracing, like a big, a big group. That would be really interesting if you had say a one seed playing in the first game and they were down to five players, like Gonzaga has to use five guys and see if they can, they can still still overcome Mount St. Mary's or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. They'd still win. (laughs) But yeah, they're, they're definitely a heavy favorite. I think, uh, I listen to Titus and Tate, which used to be one shining podcast when it was on the ringer. And it's, it's what, it's probably the biggest college basketball podcast. And I really like those guys. They they have a fun show, but they were saying that if this was not basically in big 10 country, if this was a normal travel around the country, final four, wherever it might be, Atlanta, whatever, uh, that Gonzaga would win hands down. Like they are such a heavy favorite. However, it is in Big Ten country. There's a lot of very good Big Ten teams that just played their conference tournament in in that city. So yeah. it's uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting way of thinking about it. I don't know if it's going to hurt Gonzaga or not. They are really, really good and undefeated right now. Let's do the football news and notes quickly before we uh, jump back to the end of the basketball season and into our Florida preview. But we got another coaching hire, John Tenuta. The father of Luke Tenuta joined our staff. He is going to be a senior defensive analyst, and he has been coaching for a very long time. 
Yeah, he's been uh, around the block just a, <laughs> just a couple times. Most recently at Cincinnati, uh, and you know how Luke Fickle has them going, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the last four years, he was a safeties coach and a defensive analyst for them. Uh, he, before that, he was the defensive coordinator at UVA, just right up the road. That's where he went to college. Uh, he was the D.C. at NC State, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech. He coached at UNC, Ohio State, Oklahoma. He has literally been all over an institution in college football coaching. So it's great to have that type of experience on the staff. And when you consider that we've brought on J.C. Price, we've promoted Jack Tyler, you've got uh, Iezzi and Transu in the uh, recruiting and staff, those type of positions – on their way out, other people will be coming in. There's a little bit of an upheaval going on, uh, on on at least one side of the ball. Yeah, and there's a lot of youth as well. So, like, it's good. I mean, Jack Tyler knows what he's doing, but he hasn't been, uh, you know, around for as long as somebody like Tanuda. So it's good to have that experience in the background to help kind of coach, help coach the coaches. Like, yes. hey, here's what I'm seeing in the background. Here's what's happening. And... I like those analyst roles where you can just take a step back. You're not on the field all the time. When you when you're that ingrained in like just everything that's happening, it's good to have very kind of experienced, talented coaches taking a step back and kind of seeing all of the bigger picture of what's happening. And then with our youth, I mean across our defensive coaching staff. Absolutely. I, outside of like Tierlick, it's it's relatively young in, in terms I mean, these of these guys we have. need to learn how to watch tape yeah. and how to break down tape and prepare for opponents. It's just that skill alone. We heard the stories about Coach Kill and how that went when he was evaluating <laughs> didn't our go coaches. Well. No, it didn't go well. <laughs> well, it went uh, well to because to- he he told everybody to shut the fuck up and like, you know, and, and taught them how to actually look at film. And so, yes, I couldn't agree with you more. Let's put it this way. Tanuna started coaching in 1981. Neither Robbie or I were born yet. <laughs> so I was born two years later. My birthday is coming up in a couple of days. So that's uh, right. Yes, yeah. Everyone was... out there wish ha- Robbie, happy birthday on Twitter this week. Yeah. Uh, the next thing I had DT Max Philpot. He started as a walk-on. He earned a scholarship this week, which is very cool. Max was an awesome player in the state of Virginia. And I think uh, when he came to Tech, there he was guaranteed a shot to earn a scholarship. Yep. Not, not the scholarship itself, but it was a possibility. And I think um, with everything that's gone on, like he he's proved that he deserves that. And that, that's nice to see. You always root for those guys who bust their ass as walk-ons. And I think those stories are – they're. Yeah, some of them are a little bit like, you know, for film and that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, he earned a scholarship. But let's be honest, it's awesome. And honestly, it builds unity throughout the team to have that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It's like, you know, it's because you those, it shows that you can earn your way to a higher spot on the team. Yeah. Or earn and, more and reps, you push the guys of. above you. Like, it's like I'm coming after your job. Like, and I was a walk on and, and you're going after it. I, I love it. it. It's such a great story. I love that kind of stuff. And bringing in Jordan Williams and now adding Phil Pot as a scholarship player. Yep. And like, we've got a little bit more depth there at the defensive tackle position now. Mm-hmm. A little bit more. Not as oh. much as we like, but a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. We're getting there. Uh, the new weight room and nutrition center is finally done. They actually got that done pretty quick from when it was announced to the completion. And the videos and pictures of the weight room and everything look look awesome. Like It looks like a, a very top-notch facility. It looks gorgeous. I mean, the, the dining facility looks awesome. And 
the the weight room, the pictures that have taken, everybody's going to take them from like the perfect like you know yeah. standpoint <laughs> and make it look as beautiful. But dude, I, I'd like to hang out in there. It, yeah. it looks gorgeous and. Everything that I've heard about the dining room and all that, everything that all like the chefs in there, like, you know, go and be able to get whatever food you want, all that kind of stuff. That's the kind of nutrition that you need. You know, keep those guys fed and and ready to go. If you're an alumni of tech from the 2000s and on tech, you know about tech's on campus food. So I'm hoping that the athletes are are getting that to the nth degree in this new nutrition center. Dude, we're like top five in food every single year. Like, yeah. and if you haven't been on, we're older. So like for us, it was just like West End. That West was End like, was the, yeah, the premier That spot. was like it. I, like London Broil was like my go-to. I, I might've eaten that five times a week was like <laughs> my go-to. But Loved now it. when I go back to campus, like you go to some of the new places and there's like, it's like crazy the stuff. It that looks they like have a mall. Like it's yes. it's so nice looking. Yeah, like yeah. all like, brand new. They have it on both sides of campus now. It used to be like you've really only ate well on the one side of campus, and yes. then the <laughs> campus side with like the, all the classrooms was just Schultz. Yeah, and I just go to like Owens, and like I just like I'd be like, oh, this is terrible. And but there's like a Chick Fil A in there, and I'd just eat that every day. Yeah, there was the Chick Fil A and uh, Hokey Grill. Hokey Grill yeah, was pretty. Hokey Grill. Yeah, that was that was pretty much it. Uh, spring practice started today. Speaking of the football team, there's a couple battles that are going to be happening. Offensive line, we've got a few new spots opening up. Wide receiver, we know, is going to be a competition, and hopefully you guys step up there. And and running back, that's that's the position where we got a lot of bodies, and and I like I like what I saw from Holston last year. I know we were waiting, you know, a couple of years for him to kind of break out, and what he saw from Herbert, maybe he learned a thing or two, but. I think he'll be the lead guy and we'll see what, what other guys step up. It's good. You have Holston Blackshear King and Lee, which is crazy. I mean, yeah. I, last year it was a default on, on who we were all riding. I mean, it was just, it was just that obvious, but now I don't know what to think. I think there's talk about Lee being really good this year. I know what I have with Holston Blackshear was good, but slow to develop uh, in in some senses. And so was King. He had like a fast start, mm-hmm. but then it kind of slowed down afterwards. I have no idea what's going to happen <laughs> with the running back rotation, but that's a good thing. I, that, yeah. that, I don't mean it as a negative. We got four guys that I think could legitimately do like a good one-two punch, and maybe one of them breaks out. If you had to ask me who it's going to be, I have no clue. I have no, no yeah. clue who's going to be rb1 and whether it's going to be a lot of what we've seen in the past um other than last year last year kind of you know was a, an anomaly under it was Fonte. clear yeah but this year i don't know whether we're going to get like a one two or whatever but I, we have four pretty good like running backs it's actually kind of exciting i think they're gonna try to get blackshear going more in the passing game last year i think the covid issues with him in camp i don't think he was ever what he wanted to be himself or what the coaches thought he was because he just got off on the wrong foot and so hopefully this year it's completely different because his ruckers tape and stats are tremendous like he should really be an impact player and due to our lack of receiving options i would expect him to lean that way they'll use him in a hybrid role but lean that way and king we knew from his freshman year he can be explosive. He can be shifty. Yeah. 
and I really loved his high school tape. So between him and small. Holston, he was just small. That was he's that was a it. pack on the weight, and hopefully he's doing that now. Um, they just got done with all their pre-spring practice workouts, which if you saw the videos of those, they always look so brutal. But uh, we need some of those guys to, to pack on a little weight, and uh, let's see what's going on in that running back room. It's exciting to have all those guys, but I fear with Braxton Burmeister as the clear uh, favorite to start at quarterback, are we just transitioning into this option type offense that we kind of had last year when he played QB. Well, I didn't, uh, I, I thought it was interesting that Burmeister came out and said like officially, like he had broken toes, like he, he got banged up, which I, I didn't pay a lot of, I, I took this off season very much off and didn't really mm-hmm. pay much attention to it. So when I was going back and kind of reviewing stuff, like he came out and said like, yeah, I broke a bunch of my toes. And I think that had a little bit to do with, um, him not being as productive as maybe he's would be otherwise, or, you know, we'll see, but he's, this is the first time we're coming back with a clear number one, like mm-hmm. the, which has not happened under Fuente. I don't think has ever happened. Under, like we've always, I don't assumed, recall going into spring practice and it being as clear as this just, yeah. and, and maybe last year because Coker was coming off that all the fans thought, it was going to be Hooker. Yeah. But we kept hearing stuff about Braxton Burmeister and how good he looked. And so it threw kind of a monkey wrench into that. Mm-hmm. This, it's like he's getting the lion's share of the reps. Like it's already been stated. He talked about putting on good weight. Uh, we need his passing game to develop. Because I, I make the joke about the option team, but his opportunities with the ball were mostly running. So yeah. we we got to... Uh, we got to see what we got there in the passing game because we got to be able to stretch that field this year. Yeah, no, I agree. And it, he was he was pretty fast when he was he was running. He he could find a way to scramble. So that weight gives me a little bit of a pause. <laughs> it's like, well, is it going to slow you down a little bit? Um, I'll also say that I think there's a little bit of depth um, a, across the board. I think Payette's coming back. I think you know we we have yeah, a we need bit. him to come we back. I'm Mitchell, excited to see what he can do. Yeah, Dulius um, and Gallo. Like there's there's a good amount coming back. The my number one concern, which is going to be your number one concern, is the offensive line. Just the it's just Nestor and Hudson were such a kick in the the D that it just, it sucks losing those guys. So we have nine scholarship offensive. That, that was like our, like we finally had a good year of offensive line. Um, and I'm trying to wrap up my thoughts on the, on the football. Board. That is really where I'm most. Yeah. Concerned. I mean, losing Darisol, losing Nestor, those were two starters. I mean, that that's a huge, huge losses. And then you factor in Hudson who, you know, his reps got taken down because we had, uh, Brock coming in and with Hoyt still so but he was gonna play down the road like I, I don't the coaching staff did not want to lose those guys I think Fuente did everything he could to try to keep them around um two four-star recruits so losing them definitely hurts but picking up the kid from Maryland I think was a good move we still you know got Lasitas and we still got Tanuda and you know there's some guys in the program that can that can make some noise uh, but yeah, it's a big question mark compared to last year. That was a sensational offensive line uh, that just doesn't come along very often for us at Tech. So hopefully Vice, he's one of our best position coaches <laughs> at the school, so he'll get them going. And uh, I think we said in our last podcast, the starters, they should be good. It's the depth that I'm worried about. Couldn't agree more. So yeah, sorry to jump around a little bit there, but 
I was just trying to wrap up my thoughts no, on, it's all on good. football and, and spring football. And that's kind of my, my full takeaway until we learn more. Yeah, we'll see what happens the next couple of weeks, and we'll come back and do a little bit of a post-spring practice analysis for you guys. But for right now, Robbie, I need to know what you're drinking. So you always you always spring it on me. I know no, I snuck I'm it on looking at it. So I'm drinking the Pattern Recognition IPA. It's from Reason Beer. I have no clue where this is from or anything along those lines. It's actually a pretty good IPA. And I'm looking for, oh, Charlottesville, of course. Every time I just <laughs> randomly pick one out, it's always from Charlottesville. So um, pretty good. Reason beer. It's I've never even seen this. It was on the shelf. I was at Whole Foods. I grabbed it. I was in a rush. and But it's, it's a good kind of down-the-road IPA. I wouldn't go out of your way to pick it up. I wouldn't, you know, head to their brewery anytime soon, especially since it's in Charlottesville. Um, but <laughs> other than that, it's it's okay. That's how I'll put it. I am drinking the Philly Special by Iron Hill Brewery. Iron Hill is like a restaurant, but they brew their own beer and have for a very long time. And as far as I know, they started in Delaware, and they've got maybe five or six locations around PA, Delaware, New Jersey. And my sister actually picked up these cans because they do can a lot of their beer now. And this beer, I had it maybe two years ago in Philadelphia. And that was the first location that had this in Center City. And this beer was awesome. And now they're canning it. And if you're ever in the area, head to Iron Hill. The food is really, really good. And their beer that they've always brewed in-house, they never serve outside beer, um, is made really, really well. And so this Philly special, the can is is awesome. It's got some really nice artwork of the city, and the colors are cool. Like it's it. got an eagle on it, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's it's delicious. 6.7% alcohol, a very like... I don't know. It's got It's got a certain sweetness to it, but it's not like a flavor like mango or anything like that. It's just a, on the sweeter side IPA that isn't too too hazy so i'm i'm really enjoying it the uh the philly special from iron hill let's get back to the hokey hoops season because we when we last recorded i think it was right before the miami game when hunter couture hit the shot to tie the game sent us to ot and then we ended up pulling off the win if we don't come up with that three-pointer and win that game it's I feel like there's a chance we don't make the tournament. It's or we'd it, we be probably on the bu- we'd make be it. on the bubble. Yeah, yeah. Like Louisville didn't make it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a chance if we have one less win and we have a quote unquote bad loss to Miami, like that could have been it for us. So that shot and that win was massive. I don't mean to detract, but I am going to go back to the Yahoo Sports podcast. So if you haven't researched what happened with Louisville, it's very very interesting because of the dynamics of who is their former coach, who their AD is, who the commissioner is, Kentucky's former coach, uh, is the, <laughs> like, there's a lot to unpack there and they're about to get sanctioned. So like if they were ever going to make the tournament, it would have been this year that they, because they're about to get sanctioned, they're not going to make mm. the tournament for the next five years. If you, if you want to go do some digging it was actually very, very instructive. Not that I'm sitting So here is thinking, there some like Louisville conspiracy theories going there's on? A, there's a little bit of that, but... Because um, 40 is a big Kentucky guy, Because right? they were the last one in. Like they, they were supposed to... Like they were right on the bubble. And then Georgetown won. Like all those games that happened right on uh, all the tournaments. Like it pushed them out. kicked them out. 
Mm -hmm. uh it's it's very interesting if you want if you're a nerd and like going back and like looking at what actually happened to them but in any case any case so we beat miami we uh we don't seal up the tournament by any means, but it was a huge win. Yes. And then Radford came back, or it was rumored that he was coming back. We do our little COVID break. That was when we thought we were going to be playing Louisville the, the second time in Blacksburg. Uh, Florida State was coming up. There was a bunch of tough games coming up, all canceled. We basically take two weeks off, maybe more. Two weeks. And then we played Georgia Tech. And that was when they started to get a little hot. We were rusty. That game was not good. Aluma didn't have a good game, and, and we Georgia lose. Tech played well. I mean, they yeah, did. Like, they did. Yeah, that's... they beat us at home, right? I mean, that game yeah. was in Castle. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was in Castle. And then the next game was when we played Wake. It was the senior night, and we won by like Demolished. 40 points. I mean, it just was a absolutely. decimation. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. Young came out and was just like, "Just go to town tonight," and, <laughs> and the team absolutely did it. Yeah, that was a really, really fun game to watch. Um, so then we're at the tournament. I mean, it, it, there was the, obviously the, the second round of COVID issues, which we don't have to really get into. But we've only played – we'd only played like two games in about a month before a the ACC tournament starts. Yeah. But we get the three seed. We wanted the double buy. We end up getting one of the top four seeds. Georgia Tech, I think, sealed up the fourth one. Yep. And, uh, you know, we kind of got – the worst draw possible because we picked up UNC. I mean, we knew it was going to be UNC. They were playing Wake and Notre Dame. We knew they were going to beat that team. But getting UNC, a team with supreme talent and good size, and us being, again, coming off a break, it it was going to be a tough road. And for the first half, we really we hung with them. Yeah, and they're huge. I mean, like Young <laughs> talked about it, they're, they're massive. It was... It was not a good setup for us whatsoever, and they got us down the stretch. You, yeah, say what you will about UNC's season; they're going to be a tough out no matter what. Like Definitely. they can on 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 any given night, they can. And on, this is part of what we're going to talk about when we get to the tournament talk. I think that they could be a tough out for a couple teams, um, just given their size. It, but Virginia Tech played well given the circumstances. I guess I could put it that way. Not as well as they should have or could have, anything like that. But those gaps were bad. One was 14 days, and then collectively, I think it was a month in like three days that they only played a few games. It, I mean, what are you going to do there? You can't practice enough. You can't get your flow together. It was, it was brutal. And I wouldn't be surprised, and I'm not going to go pontificating on weird circumstances but Mike Young has said numerous times that he's focused on the tournament I don't know that he's necessarily cares that much about the ACC tournament I think he cares about the NCAA tournament and he was probably like hey guys just go give it your best shot let's get warmed up let's get our feet underneath us let's start like getting our legs and start preparing for what really matters and honestly what everybody actually cares about nobody's going to remember georgia tech winning the acc tournament what they will remember is what you do in the ncaa tournament yeah and and you're right i, I don't think he was maybe ignoring it but i think he knew with the amount of time they've practiced and played that beating UNC or going forward and trying to win the tournament, like it was going to be a, a tough ask. And Armando Baco, the dude on UNC, who's like, looked like 250 pounds and six foot 10. I think just, he is 250 pounds. Dude, destroying <laughs> us. 
Um, he's a Richmond kid. I, I think Buzz actually recruited him quite a bit, and he he had us in one of his top maybe you know, 10, five schools, something like that. But man, he, he destroyed us 17 and 13 for him. Davis had a good game. We did shoot a little bit better than UNC, but the rebounding, especially offensively, they were just getting so many offensive rebounds. We couldn't keep up. We lost, you know, and, and it's fine. We're ready for the, we're ready for the big time, ready for the big dance. And I talked about how we were ranked most of the year this is our fourth straight tournament bid. Yes, I know we weren't going to make the tournament last year, but that tournament didn't happen. So of all the f- tournaments that did happen, we have made four in a row. And if you if you just look at our history from 1997 to 2016, which is 20 years, uh, we made one tournament. <laughs> yeah, one. <laughs> one tournament. And now we've made... Uh, Four out of four. That is unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. And you look at stuff that's going on at Minnesota or Indiana or you know other teams that are just fired their coach. We are so incredibly lucky to have Mike Young. Just yeah. just so so lucky. Well, and you look at teams like Kentucky. You look. At, I mean, you look at the big the big teams. Duke. You look at. I mean, these these are perennial teams that are in it every single year and i mean look at michigan and, state and UNC, uh ucla like yeah. they, they're playing in the play-in game <laughs> yeah they're doing the play-in game i actually have them picked i think to to win their second game uh so uh, whoever it is but yeah it's it, it makes you you got always got to take a step back and be like you know it, it you can't take it for granted it's awesome just to be in the tournament and a lot of those mid-majors, the small major t- teams, like they play their hearts out every single year just to get in. So it, it's it's not nice to just take it for granted and be like, yeah, we're in the tournament. Like it's a big deal. Like it's a very big deal, happens. especially if you were like me and you just out of school and we've got Seth Greenberg and we go in 07 and we, we beat UNC twice that year. We beat Duke and you're thinking, oh, we got these guys for a couple more years. Like we're gonna be, we're gonna be rolling. And we missed the next four tournaments by yep. like one game every year. Every single I mean, year. I, if it wasn't four, it was three. But like, we thought we were going. We were on the bubble every single year and missed it every year. And I will never take a tournament appearance for granted after yeah. that. And that's when Seth became the most favorite child of uh, the commissioners when he started certifiably going. insane. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was right. He just he just became like so mad that they were not getting in the tournament. Like if you still look back on it, he was right in everything that he said and everything that he like went after him for. But and he was you, fighting for his team. And he was fighting for his team. But every year, the, the closer that we got to the tournament, the more they were like, "Yeah, we're not going to let them in." Like <laughs> Seth, Seth, and now he's like, now he's like pretty much the number one like spokesperson on college basketball on like everywhere. And he, I do appreciate the fact that like, he doesn't really hold any grudges against Virginia tech in his commentary. No, he'll I, talk I listen, about us in a positive light. If yeah. We're I, well. I, I listen to him all the time and I'm always like, is he going to say something negative? Like kind of like a little like slight, but he never does. Like he's kind of moved on with his life and so should everybody else, but he's kind of an asshole. We've talked about depressing football losses on this podcast many times over the years. But that year with the certifiably insane quote was the year we lost to Tyler Hansborough's UNC in the ACC tournament. They were number one, mm, yeah. and we had the lead 
I want to say the entire game, at least the entire second half, like we're out to a great lead, you know, they're chipping away, they're chipping away. And Hansborough puts in a bucket, like with two seconds left, it might've gone to overtime. I can't remember, but it was a very close game. Hansborough puts in the basket. He's pumping his fist, running down the court. Like, I can't forget that memory. It is so painful. Cause I knew I if we win that game, we're that. in, you know, I knew we were in and Seth's point was that we just went toe to toe for, you know, 40 minutes with the best team in the country. We deserve to be in. You're insane if you don't let us in. And they didn't let us in. No, but his point was right. I mean, it, like you can say whatever you want. He didn't yeah. articulate the right way, but his point was correct. And if Hansborough missed that shot, yeah. then we're in. Like, I mean, his point was not well articulated, but it was accurate. I guess is yeah. probably the best way to put it. And but that that is up there with some of the depressing, like, football. Like, football pulls your heart out in a way that it's basketball doesn't really. You mm-hmm. know, it's, at least for Virginia Tech fans. But that one, that one ripped my heart out. It yeah, really that was did. tough. <laughs> Let's jump into the tournament. So we got the Florida Gators on deck. They finished the year fourteen and nine, and nine and seven in the SEC. The SEC. It was okay this year. It had a different champion because Kentucky wasn't good. And yeah. Kentucky has won like, I want to say like 40-some of the last 50-some championships. <laughs> I mean, they win it nearly every year. It, it is uncommon for Arkansas or Alabama or LSU to win. And in fact, when Alabama and LSU were playing in the championship game a couple of days ago, one school hadn't won since 91, and I think the other one hadn't won it since like 81. Or so. yeah. It was... It was ridiculous, and Alabama ended up coming away with a victory. This is not uh, Billy Donovan's Florida Gators this year. Uh, they're they're a little bit mediocre, but it's not completely their fault. Their best player, Keontae Johnson, yep. uh, if you'll remember, he was the kid that collapsed on the court, and yes. he's still projected as a top 25 NBA draft pick, but he hasn't played since the third game. He's not going to play. He... It wasn't a COVID thing, uh, apparently. That and they're not completely sure what it was. And they're not but, talking uh, about what it actually was. Yeah, because I I don't. Well, one, there's a lot of, of regulations that you can't talk about that kind of stuff, especially for college athletes. And two, you would never want to talk about it either for his draft stock and what's ended up happening for him. But yeah, it was it was unfortunate for for them. Honestly, it took a lot of wind out of their sails for sure. He's actually from Norfolk. Uh, mm-hmm. Another Virginia kid. There's a lot of a lot of good basketball players in Virginia. I mean, look at look at how many schools we just put in the tournament from the state of Virginia. I yeah, mean, five. It, it yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they did have a second team All ACC guy in Colin Castleton. Um, they this kid twelve and you know six rebounds, not that great, but he averages two point two blocks a game. And Florida, them as a team, they are fourth in blocked shots nationally. There's 350 teams. So if you're fourth, they block a lot of shots. And it's not like with an overwhelming amount of size. Like Castleton is is tall. But the rest of the guys, they're six, seven, six, five. Like they're not overwhelming in size. They're not a really, really good rebounding team. But they just know how to block the basketball. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. They're not huge. Um, Trey Mann is, is good and, and leads the team, obviously, in, in points per game. But it's it's not size. But I, I do think the SEC this year, so you basically have LSU, Arkansas, 
And then Alabama, I do think is a really good team. I mean, extremely talented. I think LSU is a really good team. Arkansas is, is good, but I think those other two teams kind of lead the way, but they have a different style of basketball than I think is kind of like what we need to do, which is in the ACC, you, you either got to do it with just like pure UNC size or you have to spread the ball around and be a good passing team and keep it around the perimeter and like find your openings. And I don't know if that exists as much in the SEC and hence the block shots and stuff like that. I I, I don't know that our strategy here is going to be driving it as much as, as it is spreading the ball around, passing it around, like finding openings, kind of making people winded a little bit and, and moving around and it's not that weird to see him get that many block shots because I think that's the kind of the style that the SEC played this year. Mike White, who is their coach, and that's actually something you had to look up because when you think of the Florida Gators, you do think of Billy Donovan. Mm-hmm. So this this guy has he's actually been there since 2015 when he took over and Donovan went on to the NBA. He's been a four straight tournaments. I mean, 622 winning percentage at UF. He hasn't had an under 500 conference record. Like he, this, this, this coach is, he's a good coach. Um, and I do agree with you. They kind of play, they even play a different style, I think, than a lot of the other SEC teams. Like they have some, some stylistic things where some teams shoot a lot and get up and down the floor and other teams, you, you know, like you don't want to go inside on them. And I think Florida is kind of the latter there. Scotty Lewis is a guy you should be aware of. He's projected as the number 40 prospect in the NBA draft. He's the black guy with blonde hair. That's how you'll recognize him out there. Uh, He kind of looks like Cisco. Only eight points per game. He was scoring a lot in the beginning of the year, but he had to miss some time due to injury or COVID. I'm not exactly sure. But he is like a defensive specialist. One and a half steals per game, 1.2 blocks and only 6'5". Uh, he will get on you. So Lewis is a tough player. Castleton's a tough player. Trey Mann, you talked about the leading in points per game and almost six rebounds a game, 40% from three. He has it all, and he is the number 52 prospect. Like This team has guys that are going to play in the NBA. Maybe they won't be top picks, but they're going to play in the NBA. Yeah, and, and that's tough. And They've had an up-and-down season. I mean, they lost two games coming down the stretch they lost what three of their last four two of those were against tennessee one was by 12 points i think the other was by 11 if i'm recollecting correctly and um it's but that's that's tennessee tennessee's a good team so that i mean that's not all that surprising it was kind of an up and down season for them it 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 started a little bit hot and then it started to cool off a little bit and at the end it was kind of up and down which is not too dissimilar to what happened to virginia tech i mean if you look at the records and and when the wins losses came in it, it wasn't too dissimilar i think this is a this is an interesting matchup of uh very different styles of 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 what they're gonna try and do unless I don't think Aluma is going to be able to get into the, I mean, given the size that they have and the physicality that they have underneath, it's going to be very interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, butts hitting each other and trying to push and probably a couple fouls uh, underneath. Um, it, but if Aluma can get in there and, and do what he, he does, it'll be very interesting. But I think this is, I've, uh, I was going back and I, I'll, I'll, I'll save this, but I was going back through the other seven, seeds and who else we would have had 
and and going through the conference. So it would have been UConn, Oregon, or Clemson. Obviously, they're not going to put us up against Clemson because that's the same conference. So you basically have... I would have much rather had UConn or Oregon in this game. Um, so we got the It's tougher. tough for me with Oregon because I just don't see enough of them to know. Yeah. But I agree with you on UConn. I mean, yeah. you hear Florida and, you know, they, they've won a couple of national titles. They've They've had... Big time NBA players over the years, um, yeah, it's not someone you necessarily want to face. But then if you liken them to Clemson, it's like, hey, we beat Clemson, like we yeah. can beat this team. Yeah. Uh, and so, I saw that they were five and five against Quad One, like mm-hmm. their Quad One record. And then I was like, who? So they must have played a lot of tough teams. Like that kind of made me nervous. And I look, and like they beat West Virginia. West Virginia is a good team. They beat Tennessee, but we know they played Tennessee several times and lost a couple times too. They beat LSU, and then their other two quad one wins were Auburn and Kentucky, both of which did not have very good seasons. This, it just all. depends on where you play the team. Like, if you beat the team on the road, they can actually be kind of a bad team, but you still get a quad one win. Yeah. Um, so I was just comparing their wins to ours. Like, we beat Villanova, UVA, and Clemson. They beat West Virginia, Tennessee, and LSU. I mean, it's it's very even. I, I really think you could those teams kind of even themselves out. Yeah. Uh, it's just... To me, we have to shoot the ball well, and I can't simplify it more than if Aluma plays well, we're going to win. If Aluma doesn't play well, we're going to lose. That's kind of how I feel. I'll add to that. If Aluma plays well, I I think it depends on how Mutz and Radford, how physical they are underneath. And, And honestly, I know I gave him the last podcast we did. If Couture kind of comes out from the outside and, and starts really messing with some people's heads, um, that could be a game changer. But if, if we can show some physicality, but have it be deceiving, like in the back, like if, if Radford and Mutz can kind of get in there and kind of cause problems, um, I think it's going to be a physical game. I honestly yeah, think, I think it's so going to be too. a very physical game. And if they can establish underneath, I think we have enough weapons from the outside to really do some damage. They do as well. So it, it kind of cuts both ways. But I'm I'm excited to see what happens basically, you know, in the paint and see like what's going on and and how things are moving and what the physicality looks like and whether people are getting frustrated and pushed out of the way or getting blocked out or whatever the case may be. I think it's going to be a fun game. Regardless of outcome, it's going to be a fun game. Neither team is a sharp shooting team from deep. Yeah. Uh, neither team shoots the ball particularly well from deep. They're 82nd at three-point percentage. Um, and you know how up and down we can be, yeah. especially with Cone not playing. Like yeah. y- you can't even look at our percentage without him playing because he's a big part of it. If so, we're cold, it's going to be a bad, yeah. bad night. The nice thing is you look at Mutz, you look at Beattie, you look at Radford. Like these are guys that can be physical. And look look no further than what Mutz just did in that UNC game. He was sensational. Yeah. That dunk was was unbelievable and, and like, he went to a level that I didn't really know that he had. Yeah. So maybe maybe my Aluma thing is too simple and isn't fully accurate, but I just know in the games that Aluma has played strongly, like we just look awesome. And against Georgia Tech, against UNC, when he struggled, like we really didn't look very good. And Radford can be really physical too. I mean, he can, yeah. when he turns it on, so hopefully he does, he can be he can be a force like marching through the paint when he when he turns it on. Currently, Florida is favored by one, so you're it's a, it's a not pick like 
<laughs> yeah, it's a, it's essentially a pick on me, especially in basketball. I mean, a one point, they might as well not even put a line out. So uh, that, that kind of makes me feel good. It's anybody's game. And we got a great venue. We got Nance. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. Now we've talked about this before. We've made the tournament like being the first game, gift and a curse. Like you get it out of the way, but if you lose, like you're done, and there's no more anticipation. What, did, didn't that did that happen? Like when we played? Uh, Wisconsin? Well, we played. I was think it, it happened. So the first year was Wisconsin. Is that what you yes, said? Wisconsin. We played at night. So that was the last oh. game. Oh, of the, the last day. game. That's right. It was the last game of the first round, I think, because it was Friday night, last game. So oh, we, had we were the saying entire... how great it was because all yeah. the other games would be done. So now we're on the opposite end of the spectrum. Complete, complete opposite. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping the, the result is better too, because we ended up losing that game to Wisconsin, but yes. it was a good game. That was a brutal game. Gosh. Um, but if we were to beat Florida, then it becomes interesting for you Me and your and my wife, wife, right? Yeah, you got yeah. you got Ohio State at that two seed who <sighs> we fully expect to win their first game. And they were just in the Big Ten title game this past weekend against Illinois. Uh, played, played tough. I mean, really had a chance at it. Uh, they're number seven in the AP poll. They're number seven in the Ken Palm. Ohio State is really good. The funny thing is I was looking through their team, and they don't have – like anyone projected to go into the NBA top 70 prospects there. None of them are from Ohio no, state. I feel better about the Ohio state game than I do about the Florida game. Honestly, um, they have been so up and down. They're all over the place. They're streaky, a very yeah. streaky team. So in terms of our chances, I, I, I don't want to look ahead. So I'm, I, I told Nadine, I wouldn't look ahead. I'm not going to look ahead. But yeah. I feel better about that game than I actually do about the Florida game. I think the Florida game is is going to be more challenging just given the physicality. I think we can out-physical Ohio State like pretty well and those sorts of things. And they're streaky. And I think our team is mature enough to cause somebody that's streaky to get a little bit sideways on what they're thinking about. Uh so I'm, I'm more worried about Florida. Just and, to give a few uh, more notes on Ohio State, because we won't be doing a podcast mid-weekend, um, in case we beat Florida, they are a veteran team. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of seniors on that Ohio State team, and they're none of their stats, like, really stand out. They just kind of play, like, with a good chemistry when they're on, because they did lose their last four games of the regular season before making a run in the Big Ten tournament. They go about nine deep, and they average, I think, the fewest turnovers in their conference. It's the 11th fewest turnovers in the nation for Ohio State. So you can definitely tell that's a team with a lot of vets. They take care of the basketball. Um, I'm excited, man. I, I, It's just the best day. I, it's not Thursday this year for the first time in a long Thank time. God. They they moved it to uh, Friday to Monday for, I guess, ratings purposes during COVID. No, for drinking purposes. That's <laughs> what you yeah but monday i mean used to be like sunday you get that that last round of games now i, I guess it's nice because you can wake up monday you have work but hey well you got it games starts the fatigue after a period of time everybody yeah. like the first two days friday first and two saturday, days friday and saturday yeah. are the biggest like yeah that that's especially coming out of you know the hangover you're from, right it uh, is St. nice Patrick's. that that round of 64 is 
on a Saturday. Like that yes. second day is a Saturday. Like yeah, that is going to be awesome. crazy. Like yeah. it's going to be awesome. Normally you'd have to Thursday, like we'd have to like drink at work and like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're always trying to sneak it. Do you remember when uh, CBS put out like the boss button? Like you could like pull up the game stream, but then they invented like the boss button. It was like a spreadsheet that like popped up. That was like a, a made up spreadsheet. That was so great. But yeah, you had to like sneak it at work. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so I agree, but there's a I'm chance pumped. that I'll be, I'm thinking I'm heading down to uh, Arlington on Friday to watch with like oh. Phil and Nicole and those guys. So well, it's the day after my birthday. So I might have to celebrate a couple of days. Oh, I'm heading to, I'm heading to the beach. Uh, so you going to Vod beach? No, I'm heading up to uh, Bethany. My mom moved oh, up there. Nice. So oh yeah, your for mom a little Bethany. birthday nice. celebration, but uh, okay. I'll be watching the game. Will you be somewhere for the game? Like you'll be not driving? I think I'll be driving. Oh, come on, man. (laughs) And I'll probably be on a conference call because we have a, yeah. uh, Nothing's great. (laughs) The game time isn't perfect for you. (laughs) No, it's not great. But I'll be doing two things at once. I'll have a conference call going in one ear. I'll be driving with my hands and then I'll have the game in my other ear. So probably the safest thing you can imagine. Because of COVID, we've been talking, like I've been talking to my friends, like I want to come down to Arlington, I haven't been down since the fall, and uh, watch the game, and if the weather's nice, like watch outside at someone's house, but the weather forecast for Friday isn't particularly good. No. So we were thinking like, do we just move it to Dominion? (laughs) Just watch the game in the tents. Dude, (laughs) we've been to Dominion uh, since they're, they're, we're in the off season, so they're not sponsoring us right now. We've been to Dominion six times now in the last (laughs) three months and that that it that's not like a shout out to them that's just like that's the place that we like to go now because we get to sit outside we're out we're being safe and they have the tvs everywhere and the beer is amazing so that's not really uh that's a that's a free pump for our our boy uh because we love that place it's awesome well yeah, Nicole mentioned that to me today. She's like, maybe we just move it over to Dominion. I'm like, I don't know how I didn't think of that. But yeah, <laughs> of course, that's what we should do. But we'll we'll see what happens. Hopefully, we're you know somewhere at noon, ready to go. I'm I think I'm hitting the road early. Hopefully, get there in time for a pregame beverage. Um, I did want to ask you before we sign off, like, who's in your final four? Do you have a? Do you have any? Well, I guess who's your favorite that you think is going to win it all, and then. Who are maybe some dark horses for you? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it, it sucks this year because yeah, it, it sucks because Gonzaga's so good. So like, it's just like, and you look through their bracket, but can they pull off the undefeated season? I mean, I, that's I, all I, that. I know. But like, who's going to beat them? I go, you literally go down their list, and it's like Iowa. It maybe can Kansas if they start getting like on a roll, like nah. they're in the easiest bracket period. So they're in the final yeah. four period. So like if you want to make them a, a bunch of money, take all your life savings and put it into Gonzaga <laughs> to make the final four like period. So then you go elsewhere. I don't think Baylor is actually going to go as far Baylor as has the one, one seed that's been, they've been struggling yes. a little bit since their layoff. Yeah. And so I have, Vir- not- I have Virginia tech beating Baylor. No, I'm just kidding. I have Baylor beating Virginia Tech, but I do have well, Virginia you could, Tech. Making. See, I I actually think I like UNC to upset Baylor in round two. Ooh, that's good. I like that. I, I'm going for the perfect bracket. So that, but that's good. But I like them. <laughs> um, 
Winthrop, I've been hearing a lot about. So that's another. Yeah, people have been pumping that Winthrop. See, that's the 512 everyone's been yeah. pumping. So it makes me yeah. want to go the other way. Uh, I but... don't know. People are like, I like, there's a couple of people that like I listen to that are like, it's this game's not even going to be close. Like Villanova's yeah, Nova, about to get there. Nova has, the well, Nova lost their point guard and now they've, yeah. Archidiacono is back. The younger brother yeah. of the other Archidiacono right. is now starting for them at point guard. Yeah. So I. I don't know. I think Winthrop's going to win that. But then I go down. I kind of like uh, Syracuse to fuck some shit up. Um, you can take Dude, out the Dude, you never want to play Syracuse in the tournament. Never. Uh, never. So I think they're going to take down... I think they're going to take down WVU and uh, San Diego. And then they'll See, they'll I like lose. WVU a lot. I think they're really good. I No, I think it, they're very, very good, but... Syracuse always screws things up in the tournament. They do. Every single year, they always do this. They like squeeze in and then all of a sudden they just like start doing well. Um, in the East, um, I, I think Michigan's really good. I, I kind of like... That's a tough bracket. I don't know yeah, what to do with that, well, with that quadrant. I kind of, I mean, um, St. Bonds really got screwed. I think they're going to take down LSU and then take down Michigan. Oh, um, that's a that's your upset special, St. Bonaventure to the, to yeah, the third round, Sweet yeah. Sixteen. But I don't think they're going to get past that. I think Florida State's going to beat them after that. Yeah. So I've got Gonzaga to the Final Four. I actually have, and the one I I filled out with a pen, which is which is rare, but I did it today. Uh, <laughs> I I put FSU in my Final Four, um, which I'm a little torn about, but I put them in there. I I obviously had to throw Virginia Tech in there, and <laughs> hear me out. If you get Obviously, a homer pick, but if you get UNC to take out Baylor, like this, we are in a good position. I'll say yeah. that. Like, it's unlikely, obviously, extremely unlikely. However, this is a good layout. You got Ohio State in round two, who just had to play four games last week, yep. might be a little bit on the tired side and doesn't have elite, elite talent. They, they're good, but they don't have like the NBA prospect or anything. Purdue. UNC, like, I, I think someone's going to knock off Baylor. And then if you get a chance and it's you versus Purdue to go to the Final Four, like, I like that. Purdue's a young team. Like I said, Virginia Tech, my biggest concern is Florida. It's not actually Ohio State. My biggest concern is Florida. If you can get past Florida, I think Ohio State's going to be pretty scared of that game. yeah i mean like arkansas is a good team texas tech good team arkansas, texas arkansas tech has is a really good team but and texas tech was just in the final four two years ago they were yeah, in the texas finals. tech is not that good this year though they're they're good no, they're, but they're not that good they're not well i guess all i wanted to like we talked about gonzaga's road i think like if we are playing our best basketball like we have as good a shot of anyone to get to the final four like mm-hmm. in this bracket yeah i agree and then uh, a lot of people are talking about Liberty taking down Okie State. Um, that's another one that people are trying to ride okay. hide on because Okie State most, has Cade Cunningham projected top three pick in the draft. So. Yes, but they're basically calling it a one-player show. And okay. uh, so if you want to go, like, you can make some serious money off of that um, if you if you're willing to gamble. I'm a gambler, so. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but it could happen if you want to like kind of, you know, find something. O- Most people think Oklahoma State got like seated way, way, way too high. They should have been like a five, six, seven. Hmm. 
Well, I'll say that I think Gonzaga and Illinois are by, by far, far the two best teams. Those are the two I have in the final four. So my yeah, final that's who four. I have in the finals. And because it's in Indianapolis, I picked Illinois uh, for my champ. But it, I, I had to. That's a coin flip. I don't know who's gonna. You know, this could yeah. be Gonzaga's year that they finally do it. But I just think going undefeated for a full season, even though it's COVID season, is just so hard. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I have, I haven't. My only one seeds I have in are Gonzaga and uh, Illinois. That's it. And then I got you. And then Michigan, I, got the I don't think Michigan. I don't think if I could bet against Michigan making it, I would do that in a heartbeat. Like if there was a bet, like a good sized bet on them making it to the Final Four, I would put a lot of money on that. And I don't think Baylor is going to make it either. Um, so the only one seeds that I feel really good about are the same that you do, Illinois yeah. and Gonzaga. Yeah, I think Illinois is just really, really, really tough team. But we'll see, man. I mean, I, we, it's hard when you when you get VT like and you get your pen out and not to just pencil them into the next spot. Uh, Ohio State could easily blow us out. I mean, we we've seen we can beat Villanova, we can beat uh, Clemson, we can you know we can beat UVA. It was always a pretty pretty damn good team, the the reigning champs from two years ago. Um, but we can also lose to. Absolutely, we could have lost to Miami. We uh, we could have lost. I have, we lost to Georgia my, Tech. We, my difference is Mike Young this year. We've always had talented teams, like in the past four years, like pretty talented teams, and they've kind of done all right. But I'm banking on Mike Young figuring, like, getting that whole "you guys suck" kind of Nick Saban, like, kind of you know nobody respects us, like you know, and uh, I, I don't know. I I think this is yeah. The, the recipe for a Final Four run for Tech, you, you beat Florida, you beat Ohio State in in what is going to be a slobber knocker of a weekend. 100%. But if you can do that and you get Jalen Cohn back and he gets hot, that's your recipe Against for Arkansas? going to the Final Four. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's... That's the only way it can happen. You need you would need the outside shooting to be crazy, but you don't make the Final Four unless you're playing at your top end. And we know that our top end is good. It's very, very good. So. Yeah. Our I'm low excited. End, our low end is we exit game one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it could, this could be over at two thirty on Friday afternoon. <laughs> so I'm fully, I'm ready for all outcomes. But yeah. right now, you know, it's the world's our oyster. You know, I, I've got illusions of grandeur, dude. It's it's like I always say, the the best time is when you buy the lottery ticket before the actual numbers come out because you're a millionaire before, like you. You know you're that's, not a millionaire. That's what my bracket is. Yeah. <laughs> my bracket is a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. The, the 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 happiest you are is when you buy that lotto ticket when it's like seven hundred fifty million. You're like, man, I, I could be a. Uh, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to buy ten you know cars. Win, I'm going to buy a boat. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love it. that's how I'm feeling right now. Anyway, that was a fun podcast. Uh, tournament is one of the best things in sports. So. Looking forward to it. Hopefully next week we'll be bringing you a recap of these games and a preview of the next games. Uh, But until then, make sure to subscribe. It's at 2DVT on Twitter. It's uh, 2DVT on Apple Podcasts. It's 2DVT at gmail.com if you have anything you want to send us. I almost forgot to do all these. Um, And until next time, go Hokies. (laughs) 